What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Resolution Podcast, where we help artists gain clarity on their calling. This week's guest is a special one, actually. This man is a professional photographer, a content YouTube content creator, and aspiring cinematographer, all at 20 years old. And he is my one brother. So let's all give it up for my man, my brother, my best friend, Joey Lacey. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? It's an honor to be here. It's a truly a treat. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> that. How are you yeah. feeling? I'm feeling just amazing. I feel very excited to do this. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. Let's just do it. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get introduced to photography? And then that kind of transitioned into videography, correct? Yeah. Um, so photography, it was just something that um, I guess social media really introduced me into it because um, on Instagram, I'd seen like a bunch of like professional photography. And I guess like, you know, there's a bunch of photographers around Moab and just like seeing their their work, it really... Um, made me think this was back in middle school. It made me think like, that'd be really cool to do really cool to make pictures like that. Um, that's kind of the start. I didn't really have like a, a, a solid start, but it was, it was just inspiration, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Bob has definitely got the scenery and the landscape. So is that oh, what yeah. you're interested in first? Like it was more landscape, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I still kind of am, um, I'm, I'm going a little bit into portrait photography. I did some for you. And then, um, um some people here were thinking about um me doing some portrait photography for them so <sighs> hopefully i see that soon That'd yeah be pretty definitely. fun yeah and then when did you when did you first get your first camera um well it depends uh i guess my first actual camera mom got our mom got for me um i think it was it was Christmas of my eighth grade. It was a little point and shoot. Um, but the actual, the like the first actual camera that I started using was a Canon EOS M3. It was a mirrorless camera, which I have one now. Um, but it was a mirrorless camera and I bought it, I think, freshman year of high school. And I used that for like two years. Wow. So that was like your first start then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I took that... a lot of pictures on that. And then were those the two cameras that you started using for videography as well? Um, I never used the point and shoot, but the um, the little Canon, yeah, that was the first camera that I used for video. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then what, what made you get interested in starting like a YouTube channel? Because it sounds like you were just focused on, on photography because you were seeing a lot of that on social media. Yeah, and um. I got into YouTube. The uh, the first reason that I got into YouTube when I was in when I was making videos in 2017, it was it was not the right idea. It was I was thinking about doing it for money and not for um, like inspiring others or um, like practicing my work in the film industry. I was just see if I can make some money doing this and um, seeing. Uh, videos from like dude perfect and like niga higa and i was like maybe i could just make some fun videos and get money from it and so that was not the right focus um and so now my focus is to like practice um my work with 
um, cameras, I guess. Nice. And just editing and that whole nine. Right. Cause then if I, if I practice those skills, then I can use them in the future as jobs and not just quick money, I guess. Yeah. Like freelance stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this channel. It's just, yeah, I've, yeah, I'm just trying to work on my editing and stuff. And this podcast has been a lot of fun too. So yeah, you've had some great people on here so far. Thank you. Yeah. We've, yeah. We've got a lot more coming. So we've, yeah, good. Um, So one thing that kind of caught me by surprise was when I went home for the summer, you were really stoked to show me the Bee Gees documentary, mm -hmm. which by yeah. the way, if you're watching, is an incredible documentary. It, it's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. So what made you get interested in that? Just because that has that's much more like music stuff. Like I would expect myself to be more into it than you were and then show you. So mm -hmm. how did you get interested in that documentary? So I, uh, um, I don't know what it was that got me. I just was interested in the Bee Gees music first, because I think I saw maybe on TikTok a couple of years ago about like, um, some people were dancing to like, um, the song you should be dancing. And, I was like, oh, I remember the Bee Gees. And then I just like pulled up Spotify one day and then just started listening. And then for some reason, it just stuck with me. And I sang it in the shower <laughs> a couple of times. Um, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know what it was. And then um, I saw the music video for Staying Alive. And it was not what I expected at all, because, you know, you, you hear their music and it's like disco type of music. But then you see that I don't know if you've seen the music video for Staying Alive, but they're walking around in a broken down town. I don't know where it was or whatever, but they were like the message of that song, which was um, talked about in the documentary was um, like staying alive because like you said in the, or I think like, you know, in like New York at that time, it was like, there was a lot going on and the, the city was like very dangerous. And so, the point of that um, song wasn't wasn't like dance to this. It was like, um, like keep yourself alive. I, I don't know. Um, and so I really liked that music video. And then I did some research and then I found out that there was a documentary being made and it was going to be released that year. And then I didn't watch it until last year, but I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting. You bring up that song staying alive because that was that was actually about I think it was, yeah, I think it was in New York and which is crazy because that's basically almost a parallel to the birth of hip hop, mm -hmm. which that song I actually looked it up, came out in 1977. And that was, I, what was that? I think that was five years before the message by Grandmaster Flash, the Furious Five came out. So it's really interesting how they're basically talking about the same events that were happening in New York. So Right. It's it's very interesting. And um yeah, like um I remember back when you started getting into like that old school hip hop like from the late 70s and you um were talking about I think it was the um Rapper's Delight Sugar Hill Gang and it you were talking about the baseline and how that's similar to staying alive. It was either that one or a different song. But it had they have like the same baseline kind of. 
um I can't oh. I, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, it was the um boom boom boom. Oh, another one bites the dust. That's that's what it, it was the one, same yeah, baseline. That, that was another one and then the one yeah. by Chick, which was uh Oh man, that's so bad that I can't remember this. No, it's all right. What was it? Anyway, leave it in the comments if you can remember. I can't remember. <laughs> top of my head. But anyway, yeah, it's really interesting how all of those songs were pulling so much from each other, especially in early hip hop. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So dun. honestly, yeah, it was um, uh, like dun 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 dun. dun That's what dun. it was. So I think it, it was Rapper's Delight. And I think the Sugar Hill Gang actually took some inspiration from Queen, probably, because they weren't nearly as big. Hip-hop wasn't nearly as big as Queen was at that time, or like yeah. rock and roll. So, um, And then like the Bee Gees and, the, and Queen were like around the same time. So I think hip-hop might have picked up some inspiration from the, the old rock and roll, like Bee Gees, Queen. Yeah, I think it was, I just remember the title, Um, Good Times by Chick. Okay. Oh, okay. Times. I know that song. Uh, okay. Good times. Yeah. So that's basically how um, Sugar the Rapper's Delight, how that came about was they actually mm -hmm. had live musicians and okay. they played literally Good Times by Chick, but they just didn't have the vocals and instead it was Sugar Hill Gang rapping over it. Okay. So that's how that production. Wow. Just, yeah, it's wild. But then it was really interesting that point you brought up because... um which ties it all into um, Grandmaster Flash or like the the Bronx was burning in the 70s. It was interesting because Grandmaster Flash made a mix where he was talking, where he basically scratched um, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen and then Rapper's Delight. And it was, he, and he was showing like non-verbally, he was showing hey, we're actually using the same things. Like, we're all being inspired by each other. And that's when, like, there was a lot of taboo around sampling was just starting then too, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's crazy how that all lines up together. Just. Yeah, just honestly. Yeah. And I knew you'd like that documentary because it, it showed, like, the early stages of um, making new music. And, like, nowadays, making new music, it's like, you pick one sample from a song 20, 30 years ago and then slap it on and it's all like digital and easy. But back then it was so like primitive and they had to like come up with their own ideas and like, I it was just really interesting. Yeah. And what's really interesting too is the, the same side, but on like videography. Cause mm -hmm. now you can just pull off music from YouTube and use it in your YouTube video. Um. For the It'll most get problem. copyright striked, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the only problem. But yeah, yeah, yeah it could. It's that's... very easy, a lot more accessible nowadays. So accessible, which yeah is a pro and a con. Actually, do you see? Um, because I see it a lot in the music industry, like how people can just like, there's so many sample packs out there. People can just buy, throw in a track, and make mm -hmm. make a song. But do you see a lot of things? analogous to that in the film industry um what do you mean by that i'm sorry like no you're good um 
So because like you're saying, things are so accessible now mm -hmm. and compared to even in the nineties, music is in worlds more accessible. And right. I can imagine that being the case also for like a solid camera. Oh so yeah. You see a lot of, um, I want to say almost mimicking of each other. Do you see a lot of that? Yeah. Does that um, make sense? It, it kind of does. Are you talking about like um, now filmmaking compared to like back then? Well, like how, or... like the, the accessibility of the mm -hmm. technology now, do you see how that has affected the art of photography? Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, um, like, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the old days where people had to, they didn't have like photography classes, like the first or like filmmakers film wasn't a degree until the seventies. And there is um, like, there were no film classes until the seventies. And the, some of the first students were George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. Um, and so like back before the seventies and all that, it was just like, it, it wasn't professional. It wasn't considered a professional job. It was considered something. It was like, I, I, I can't really think of anything to compare it to, but it, it was like, it was like making a play. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like acting, acting was professional, but like making films, it was kind of like, it was so new that people didn't, it's I guess like Twitch streaming, people don't really think of that as like a professional thing, but it's becoming professional. Oh. So it's like that kind of thing. It's like new media. And so it's like and YouTube, like YouTube can be considered that like um people that were born like our parents and stuff, they wouldn't consider um YouTube to be a full time job, but it is for some people. Mm -hmm. Um and so like maybe in the future there's going to be classes taught for how to make a professional YouTube channel. So that's wow. that, that's kind of what it's what I would compare it to. That's um, a trip. Yeah, and so I guess I went off topic. Um you but like photography back then people had to they didn't have these like all these photography classes and talking about like leading lines and like lighting and all this stuff they had to just figure it out themselves. Um, but nowadays it's like, you could, you know, how I watch, how I learned photography and video, I've learned more from YouTube tutorials than school has taught me so far. And it's so like, you can learn about like all, um, like all these techniques to make like really good pictures. You can learn all that in like under a week. So I definitely see a lot of like accessibility in the film and photography like air area. How that's been affected. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Like I can I have to wonder if maybe like within the next 10 years we start hearing people saying, Oh yeah, I majored in YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So YouTube content creation. Right. So that took a lot longer than it should have to like explain that. But um I guess that's the best way I could. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Um, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's the, the accessibility and how far we've come. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's 
It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about how you love cinematography and certain effects that um goes into shooting a good film because I remember it was 1917. You were super stoked to show me that movie because that movie was done in two shots, right? Yeah. Or uh-huh. two or three. It was like, yeah, I think it was three. Cause what yeah, one one cut it was like into into darkness and then another one was CGI. So yeah, I think it was three takes. Yeah, which is awesome. I would have never even thought to even watch that movie, but it was it was incredible because it was it's just a different different kind of movie. It was incredible. Right. So taking that into like the music video space, has there been a music video that you're like as a filmmaker and like cinematographer, have you seen any music videos that are like, damn, that was done very well? Um uh yeah, honestly, related to damn, uh Kendrick Lamar, his humble music video was very cinematic. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it's been um yeah, it I mean some of the shots I can definitely tell he hired a professional filmmaker and probably a professional crew to do it um also false prophets that music video is pretty good too do you remember that by j cole yeah he's that's the one where he's on the back of the truck right or no yeah on the on the bus on the bus that's what it was yeah and he's like um, everybody dies yeah uh, yeah and so um i think humble has probably stood out to me more than anything because um some of the camera movements there's one technique uh, one part of the video where like the camera's on a crane and then it like goes up to one area and then it like goes right here and it, and then it goes down and he's like rapping the whole time and the camera's like moving really fast and he has to like, look, look around. And it's like, it's so weird. If you, if you watch it back and like the beginning of the music video, there's like, he's sitting in a room and there's like a light that's coming down and like hitting him. And I could, go into crazy detail about that shot but it's like it's super cinematic that's probably one that stood out to me the most i i think i remember i think i'm recalling some of the scenes you're talking about yeah where the where he's where he's moving just his head and it's like yeah that's it yeah that's a crazy shot i totally agree yeah yeah it was like pretty trippy what did you like about the j cole one um i like the colors of that it's very different and um in a way it's like experimental and um but you get a sense of professionality out of it too um like i could tell it was shot with a good camera and it was directed well but at the same time he looked so casual rapping you know and he like goes up to people and um what he goes up to some guy and then um and then the guy's like be like this (laughs) <laughs> yeah that part of the video so it's like it's like super casual and like and very raw footage um um and just kind of there's like some imp- improvisation in it too and so it's like it gives it a sense of genuine genuineness i guess yeah that one was pretty cool that's what i was gonna say is like very it seemed very raw like yeah almost, almost like i don't want to say sh- like shoestring budget but it was it looked very authentic not yeah it did what did um, you mentioned something about a good like good director like a good direction what does that look like in a music video um 
it really depends on what the what the person uh, like what the client wants like what the rapper wants the music video to look like um cuz art is subjective and like people have different ideas on their music videos and stuff um i think what makes a good director for music videos is be being able to like change up ideas on the spot and like um adapting with what the person wants their music video to look like Mm, that's a good one that's a really good one like being yeah able to be flexible like that and change right up. yeah that's good that's yeah that's i don't think a lot of people think about that because i'm definitely one to like if there's a sudden change of plans i'm like eh, like i'll be right flexible, but kind of reluctantly that, yeah that's a talent though for, that some people just naturally have of like right yeah i can just change on the fly yeah. Have you had any moments like that with like your filming or like an assignment you had or anything like that? Um honestly not really that I can remember. I guess my photography class I had last year there's just an assignment where I had to I I didn't really understand the instructions the assignment was due like the next day. And so I had to like change everything about it. Um, but with filming, since I've, since like I make my own YouTube videos um, and I haven't really made videos for anyone else, I haven't really had a lot of experience with that. Um, but I hope I am. <laughs> I, I, I hope I become flexible in the future. Yeah. Cause that's, then I'd be a good director. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll see. Is that, what's the, actually, what's the difference between the cinematographer and the director, or is there a difference? Um. Well, I think, um, I think the cinematographer, I, I don't know, because like, when I think of cinematographer, I think of either like an independent, like a one-man um crew where he's like he's got the camera and he's got and he's also like directing it too um but the and then the director is like um is like in charge of the story but um this is embarrassing that i don't really know the difference and i'm a film major <laughs> <laughs> but um that's what i think of that's like the first thing that comes to mind like the director's in the in the chair you know and he's like controlling everything in the cinema of cinematographers like the cameraman i guess yeah okay yeah that's i mean that's a good thing to know like having somebody overseeing the whole thing yeah exactly so you actually you mentioned something about storytelling like being in charge of the story is what the director mm -hmm. is supposed to be is that or what what shot hmm, i'm trying to think how to phrase this question Take your time. <laughs> um, are there, just from what you've learned in class, is there any shots that are like very specific to telling certain types of a story? So for example, is there any shots that show like a lot of tension like when you're getting close to like a climax or like 
the tension in just any sort of scene like showing that hmm, getting yeah basically what are some shots that show tension <laughs> um honestly the first one that comes to mind is in 1917 one of the most tense moments um they're going across no man's land and they are coming up they're told that the germans have left their trenches and so they are approaching the trench and there's like that intense music playing and it gets louder and louder and louder and then the climax is they're at the trenches and they look down and all the germans are gone and that's i remember in the theater when i saw it for the first time it, i was like one of the first times that i remember myself like being like crunched up and like they're gonna die they're both gonna like if if there are germans in there they're just dead right there but like they weren't and i think some aspects that went into that the camera movement wasn't any different it was it was still like panning and like following them but the music is really what did it because it got louder and louder and louder and then it just stopped once they like looked in the trench and they saw that nobody was in there um so it's like even though the movie is all about like lighting and um the camera and the acting and everything the music in that scene was what made it the most impactful which is pretty interesting yeah that's i mean music plays a huge role and stuff like that oh yeah just even that's another thing to note too is just silence mm -hmm. that silence can be loud man oh yeah oh big time which by the way 1917 is a what is that world war that's world war one yeah, yeah. So it's a movie on world war one and it was i think the two british guys had a mission to go tell somebody a message and that that's pretty much yeah, yeah. the movie i'm not going to spoil anymore if you guys want to go check it out because it's a yeah. really good movie yeah it's very very good yeah um so it looks like we might be running out of time a little bit unfortunately because that's uh, fine this has been awesome uh, yeah it's it's been a lot of fun i'm glad you had me on here yeah so oh actually so i actually have another question what movie go ahead is the most interesting to you in terms of cinematography and why Ooh. um dang there have been some pretty good ones um interstellar is one mm. uh whiplash is one and then i don't know i don't think you've seen blade runner 2049 no that that movie i didn't really follow i the original blade runner came out in the 80s with harrison ford as the main actor and i didn't i didn't i haven't seen that one yet and um i don't really know the story behind it but and so when I watched this one, I kind of went into it blindly and I didn't really know the story um, and I didn't really follow it very much, but it's maybe the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Um, really? Yeah. The colors are like nothing I've ever seen. Um, the There's this one technique in cinematography called negative space and it's where the um, like the um subject is in the middle and there's just like nothing else around him and 
I, I don't know. There's so many times where it's just like, I, I don't even know how to explain. I don't know how they did most of those shots, but it's just incredibly like creative and like so advanced. I couldn't even, it was crazy. That might've been the most interesting movie I've seen. Wow. Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking to make your music video stand out, just go watch Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some of those scenes. Maybe not a rap music video, but because <laughs> this one's all about like, um, it's like this cyberpunk. This guy is in like Brian Gosling's the main character, and oh. he is in like this cyberpunk city, and then he like commits a crime, and so he like leaves the city, and then they like chase after him. Um, and I I didn't really understand a lot of it, but all I knew is the filmmaking is some of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. Good. I got. I got to watch that sometimes. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. Um, Go ahead. Who would you say are, because you're you're a fan of hip hop, mm -hmm. like we both are. Mm -hmm. Who would you say are your top five favorite storytellers in hip hop? Top five? Oh, Eminem is up there. Okay. Um, Dr. Dre. Actually, I don't know about Dr. Dre. I don't like because <laughs> uh, he hasn't really told a lot of stories about his past. But um, Eminem is. Yeah. So Eminem. Oh, man, we don't have a lot of time, so I can't think about this a lot. But um, could I do top three? Yeah, let's do top three. OK, so I think. Um, Eminem, oh, who else had like hardships in their past um man oh biggie smalls okay he he had he had some good music and um tupac probably oh. those three yeah eminem biggie and Pac. It's yeah bad list yeah honestly because i just watched a movie about biggie smalls called notorious and he had quite the struggle when he was younger was that the and documentary on netflix no it's just a movie oh okay it's like um got these actors and stuff um and it it like because he had like in some of his songs like juicy he said like um uh, you remember some of the lines from his songs it's like he started from li like living in a jail cell and now I'm living well or something like that. I can't remember what yeah. the lines exactly were. Um, it was like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, when I was dead broke, man, I couldn't pitch it as ex yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that one and like how he started from nothing, and like um teachers told him that he would be nothing when he grew up and stuff. Um and then like Eminem, like his um there's uh the song Mockingbird. He was talking yeah. that's about that's for his daughters, and he was talking about their childhood. And he said, um, they were saving up money in a jar for her to go to college. And then one line almost had a thousand dollars till someone broke in and stole it. And then it's like that hurts, man. So it's like Eminem can rhyme really well in like tell a story really well honestly 
Absolutely. And yeah. Talk with like Brenda's got a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Good. Yeah. Good three. Good three. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think we got to wrap this up, but thank you, Joey, so much for coming on. Um, what I've been doing with all the guests on this show is sending them a cassette tape of the audio to this. I have yet to actually get to recording, but the but they did come <laughs> in the mail, so that's gonna get that done. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um. So you'll be receiving that sometime soon, and maybe you can play it on Dad's cassette deck. So that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh. We'll leave. Let's see. You're on Instagram, YouTube. Is those two? Yeah. Cool. Mostly. Right. Yeah. I'll leave all the links in the description to his stuff. Go check him out. He's got some hilarious ski ski vlogs. <laughs> okay. No, it's a good time. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching and uh go make some music. All right. Peace all right. out, guys. Peace out.